Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. I'm insanely tired because it is a Thursday in a working week and I've just finished reading quite a long book uh, but I wanted to get my thoughts out and talk to you guys about it because honestly I'm split on this one and that doesn't normally happen. Usually I either really love a book or I absolutely hate it and want to tear it to pieces but um, this one had kind of pluses and minuses for me and know how I feel about it at the moment but I hopefully will by the time I get to the end of this episode. The book in question is Book of Shadows, uh, a modern witch reveals the wisdom of witchcraft and the power of the goddess by Phyllis W. Curot or Curot and basically it is the story of uh, Phyllis Curot herself who is an American lawyer and kind of a big deal pagan wise in that she's been very active interfaith wise in introducing Wicca basically to the world of spirituality to be recognised by lots of different people. She heads up various different groups, covens uh, and has been involved in a lot of different things since the 1980s. So this is basically her memoir or her first memoir because there is another memoir on her Goodreads page. She's written a few books about Wicca. Um, there is Book of Shadows which is the book I'm talking about. Also Witchcrafting, A Spiritual Guide to Making Magic and The Love Spell, An Erotic Memoir of spiritual awakening wicker made easy uh wicker made easy awaken the divine magic within you which i don't know if those are two editions of the same book but i don't know wicker a comprehensive guide to the old religion in the modern world uh she's a contributor to that i think as a writing the forward i picked this up not knowing a huge amount about for this curat per se because obviously i'm not american as i have to keep saying um so i'm not really that clued up on the pagan community also i wasn't alive in the 1980s so obviously a lot of that passed me by um but i went into this book i saw it on ebay and i was like oh okay that looks really cool um i previously read memoirs uh, and really liked them i wrote uh, read uh, the road to nab end which was like a memoir of growing up in lancashire during the cotton boom and bust of like the post-victorian era fantastically written book have reread it over and over again and that is by William Woodruff and then I've also read Tim Guest's memoir My Life in Orange which is probably my second favourite memoir um it's about his experience growing up in the Sanyasin cult uh, with his mum and basically viewing the whole thing through the lens of a a childhood memory but also with this kind of wry twist of of being an adult and obviously knowing a lot more about that situation than he did when he was in it so those are like my two favorite memoirs i've also read a lot of like um fictional books that are like memoir style uh, so I like those quite a lot but those are probably my two favourite like real life based on real life stories. That's kind of why I expected going into this and I think that's maybe why I had such a hard time with it and didn't really enjoy it as much as I would have otherwise because it's not really what I would consider to be a memoir in that it doesn't really cover her life and it doesn't really progress in an order like chronologically or really focus on actual events um so the book itself is about 300 pages long and which is pretty sizable i have to say and it's broken up into about 13 chapters uh discounting the preface and those are named things like the dark side of the moon between the worlds the guardian at the gate enchantments uh drawing down the moon basically in each chapter the theme of the chapter is 
the title. So in the drawing down the moon chapter, we see a drawing down the moon ceremony performed in the circle that the author is in. And there is some attempts made to relate it to what is happening in her personal life at that point in time. And then a lot of like her inner thoughts, her kind of inner monologue as she walks along outside commenting on like the stars were bright the moon was bright the wind was lovely the elements were out and this kind of like wicker airy fairy walking around looking at everything through new spiritual eyes kind of thing which I know I'm being quite flippant that is quite interesting you can do a lot with that in terms of writing a book but it's hard to read 300 pages of that is what I'm saying because it's not really grounding back into anything real that can give the story and by that I mean like the overarching plot of the time frame snapshotted into this book to give it like a framework to give your brain something to cling on to as you're working your way through you can't really get amped up and want to get through a book of events that isn't like purely non-fiction without having some vested interest in the life of the person the book is about and there really wasn't enough of her life in there for me to really get a real sense of her or to really care about what was happening so that's kind of where the book fell down for me in that it wasn't really like a traditional memoir and that a lot of it focused back onto this ineffable circle experience which I mean I've done rituals and things like that but if I were to write down what it felt like and the things I visualized other people would probably find that intensely dull it's like hearing about someone else's dreams it was probably very exciting for you when it happened but to me it's not something that you can accurately relate because it was a spiritual experience that happened on a different like plane of existence and trying to explain it to me even if as this book does you go on for very very long paragraphs over several pages it's just never going to feel to me as wonderful as it did to you and all that's going to happen is I'm going to start skimming. The other major stumbling block that I had trying to get into Book of Shadows is that the protagonist is a white lady uh, in America of a certain age she's not like super young she's not super old she's kind of like in the the mid demographic she's also a lawyer money isn't really an issue for her she just goes out and buys whatever she wants in several chapters so because there was no real hardship in her life it kind of made it hard to sympathize with her in a lot of occasions because I think memoirs usually are talking about things that you've overcome or things that happened to you um, that were difficult uh, and that's usually why people write them Um, but for her I didn't really feel like there was a lot of any real hardship there was a lot of privilege and to be honest she didn't really have a huge amount to lose if by coming out of the broom closet because she wasn't really like you know she wasn't married to someone who could take her kids away she wasn't going to get discriminated against really because I mean she's a lawyer she could fight against that pretty easily and I'm not saying that that's her fault I'm just saying that it's hard to become invested in a story that has no real sense of overcoming anything no real barriers it kind of made me question why this memoir had been written at all on the flip side of that I did find some of it quite engaging Um, there were specific chapters I think that kind of jumped out at me as being uh, more grounded in reality and in an actual narrative so I could enjoy them a bit more the ones I think that leapt out of me were enchantments 
and as above so below and also the first two chapters dark side of the moon and the hidden children of the goddess what i liked about enchantments was if it is the chapter that i'm thinking of which i think it is um it was about performing a spell uh, for someone who had very specific issues i'm going to give a trigger warning at this point because there's a lot of discussion in the book of sexual harassment sexual assault and also like domestic violence so go into that forewarned uh, but there is a lady described in the book who is a member of the author's circle and she's having trouble being stalked by a, a violent ex and they get together and they do a spell for him and it's really atmospheric because we know about the two people who are involved in it we know why they're doing the spell and the spell is more grounded in reality because of that it's not just like a vision quest type experience it's actually something that we expect to have a tangible result and that will have a bearing on these people's lives afterwards i think maybe that's why i got more invested in that chapter similarly at the start of the book when it's talking about her um finding wicker and being introduced to it i think at that point um the kind of writing style hadn't really started to wear on me so i was enjoying it a little bit more although i found it just slightly off-putting because i would just latch on to a detail like she'd be saying like oh yeah i was living here and doing this as a job and then there'd be a couple of like just paragraphs of how she felt about stuff and then suddenly we'd be in a different decade in a different job with a different guy who she had mentioned previously and i was confused one of the issues that i had towards the start of the book is that um obviously you run into this problem when people are writing like memoirs in that a lot of what they're saying like the speech and stuff is them remembering conversation that probably actually took place but which they don't remember word for word and that's fine and they should probably fictionalize that and come up with you know what the other person would have said and i suppose they've got if it's someone that they know quite well which i got the feeling that obviously she knew the people in her circle quite well um you'd be able to speak with their voice and make it realistic for your reader but I didn't really have that impression at several points the the text became quite didactic um, it wasn't like a conversation between people it was like a conversation between two sock puppets who were being held up at like a children's assembly to teach us about the witch trials in that they would be talking to each other like oh hey Betty remember the witch trials those are really bad here are some facts about the witch trials and then Betty kind of nods her little sock head and goes that's really interesting tell me more please edward and again i'm being a little bit flippant but um it just it kind of it felt very much like it was very unrealistic and i'm just going to read you a section just to illustrate that sock puppety point so what exactly is this witch thing sophia dropped into the sagging couch at the front of her studio and a cloud of dust lifted into the air First of all, she said, before I can tell you what it is, I have to explain what it isn't. It has nothing to do with Satanism. That was a completely false accusation made by the church in an attempt to suppress the old religion. They called it Satanism and then justified the use of torture and violence to do away with the competition. I nodded. I was all too familiar with the practice and consequences of the witch hunts. Go on. The word witch comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word, wicker. She pronounced the word just as she said the word witch. Well, I guess it would be witcher mm. handing a soft a to the end of it 
It meant a wise one, a seer, a shaman, and it may also reflect an old Nordic word, vitka, which meant a singer of, a sac of sacred songs. The old religion is a lot like Native American spirituality. It's the indigenous earth religion of Europe. There's a goddess as well as a god, and everything that exists in nature is experienced as sacred as part of the goddess and the god. There are also remnants of the mystery schools of ancient Greece and Egypt in Wiccan cosmology. Mystery schools, I asked, my attention caught by her mention of goddesses in Egypt. I thought of Isis, my dream keeper. Yes, they were the dominant religious traditions for several thousand years throughout Greece and the rest of the Fertile Crescent. The mystery schools centred on the worship of the great goddess. Their primary mythos was the story of the goddess's descent into the underworld and her divine gifts of restoring life to the world. I guess you can kind of see from that extract what I mean in the sense that it doesn't sound like two people having a conversation. It sounds like the author giving forth a lot of information in what you hear in creative writing is called an info dump where you're just basically given a ton of information but it's not like drip fed to you in any kind of realistic finding it out for yourself kind of way it's just set down in front of you in a solid block and you just have to kind of deal with it so that was a, a feature of the book that i didn't particularly care for and which became quickly quite wearing but to be honest uh, at later stages in the book and um, by that i mean like after the first two chapters there isn't a huge amount of dialogue it's mostly just the author thinking about stuff so I came to kind of miss the dialogue because it at least gave me the sense that I was reading like a book about an experience as opposed to a book about thinking about an experience. Now there were some actually good points in the book that I don't want to like tread all over just because I found the delivery of it quite weird and strange and hard to get on with. So on page 57 uh, there's something about the goddess which I thought was really interesting. I might not believe in a goddess, but I could not help but appreciate the feelings of sisterhood we were nurturing. I remembered Jeanette's observation that the goddess wasn't something you believed in, but rather was something you experienced. This was a place where women could be fully and freely themselves, and there was nowhere else like it. Not the junior league, nor the gym, not even a girl's night out. And I like the idea that that thing of being like, the goddess isn't something you believe in, like that's kind of a theme throughout the book is that the women in her circle aren't there because they've chosen to follow Wicca and they've chosen to believe in a goddess they have experienced the goddess and they are looking for answers and they're looking for a religion that speaks to them on the grounds of the deity that they've already experienced for themselves and I thought that was really really quite lovely and cool and there are many moments like that sprinkled throughout the book um which I may have missed some of because I was skimming, but that a lot of them were quite good and it was nice to read some of the small paragraphs. I just feel like there could have been less of them. The kind of central plot, I guess, in that these are the experiences that the author has chosen to talk about when referring to like her real life in the mundane world, um, is the fact that she has started working at a big like record label as an attorney and, well, I think she's an associate um to an attorney um and that he is sexually harassing her and it's like the 1980s and there isn't like a lot of recourse in terms of like well-trodden ground of lawsuits and hr departments that know how to deal with that kind of thing so it's quite difficult for her that's like basically the only thing we find out about her really um and basically the only thing that she talks about in reference to her life outside of wicker and outside of the circle we don't really see her interact with 
her family or um, friends who are not known through Wicca and I think that's maybe not like a and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just something to be aware of if you go into a book thinking oh it's a memoir it's going to be about a person in their everyday life with this other spiritual subject interwoven with that because it, it kind of isn't and although I don't think you can really say a plot of a memoir can be like unsatisfying I did feel like it was a weird thing to focus on because I don't know if it just wasn't resolved in any kind of real way or if that resolution wasn't necessarily brought across that well through the text but I didn't feel that the conclusion to that like one thread throughout the thing was specifically very well carried off and not very satisfying to me as a reader so it kind of felt like a strange thing to include although I get why it was included because there's a lot of comparison between feminism and Wicca um, which is again quite well-trodden ground but this makes it a little bit more personal and so that's a little bit more interesting to read I guess. I think the thing is a lot of the elements of this book are things that by turns intrigued and annoyed me. Uh, for example hearing about someone's like ineffable experiences within a circle is intriguing the first time but then it's like every chapter and sometimes more than once and then I started to feel like we were just never leaving and never setting our teeth into anything concrete and physically real um but other times I found it really engaging I just feel like some variation would have been nice uh, another example of this is at various points throughout the book usually when a new topic is introduced like the idea of drawing down the moon or um, the goddesses of prophecy or uh, warrior goddesses she kind of goes off on a tangent about things that she's read about different cultures and different warrior goddesses and it kind of reads a bit like a wikipedia article on the subject for like three pages because it would just kind of briefly outline about 20 different myths um from lots of different countries and you're not going to remember any of them really that informative on anything but it kind of just feels like flexing your research chops for the reader a little bit although I'm sure she finds those subjects really interesting and the process of researching them really engaging and there were a few little bits here and there that jumped out at me and made me think oh I really want to read more about that and research it in my own time but there was just so much of it and it happened like every chapter we were getting this like barrage of basically cliff notes of mythology that I was just like oh, I feel like this book could have been a lot shorter if we just hadn't put all of that stuff in so again at sometimes it was really interesting and then at other times I was just kind of paging through it like when am I going to get to being in a room with recognizable real people and actual things happening instead of just ruminations and homework so I think as a memoir it doesn't really work and I don't really think that it should really count as a memoir what it is basically I think is kind of a wicker 101 book in that it breaks down these concepts chapter by chapter of like how a circle works and why we use a cone of power and drawing down the moon and using divination but then for each chapter it kind of frames it in a mundane setting saying like oh well we did this banishing because we just learned how to do spells that are banishing and we did it because this lady was being stalked and I did 
this research on warrior goddesses so I decided to change my clothes to where to work so I'd feel like a warrior putting on their armour so that I could face my horrible boss and then it kind of frames them in that way but there isn't like a huge amount of that it's mostly just like research and non-fiction stuff and in that regard I can kind of see it working it just that I picked it up and was like oh it's uh, a memoir it's got a picture of the author on the front she's going to tell me about her life story and about Wicca and it'll be lovely and it'll feel like friendly and inclusive and it didn't really feel like any of those things but it did feel like something that you might study if you were doing comparative religion at university. So all of that is kind of my roundabout way of saying I do recommend it. I don't recommend it as a memoir or if you're interested in reading about someone leading a Wiccan life day to day, which is sort of the reasons that I bought it. Um, but I would recommend it if you're interested in a look at what it was like to be Wiccan in the 1980s, uh, a look at what it is like to get involved with a coven, because I feel like it broke that down pretty realistically. And although I'm not like in a coven myself I definitely thought that based on what I'd read in other books this seemed to be quite accurate and generally just a kind of read about one woman's journey that is very particular to her about Wicca and then you might get some things from it that relate to you as well. One of the criticisms that I saw online and to be honest there weren't that many because on Goodreads it has like a really good rating and a lot of people got a lot from it. Um, one of the criticisms though that I saw repeated in a few places was it kind of backs up this idea that Wiccans are all like love and light and peace and kindness and no one should ever do magic because magic is dangerous and bad and we should all just link hands and sing kumbaya until the sun goes down and then we should hug and roast marshmallows which is kind of a valid look I think a lot of things is that like Wicca had to work really hard especially like at the time that this book is about to make itself really not affiliated with Satanism a lot of it was like coming out and going like oh we don't actually worship Satan guys we're lovely we don't harm anyone we just do healing magic and it's all lovely and we wear flowing dresses and crystals and we're all lovely people and a lot of what they do in the book is like meditations and cleansing baths and none of it is sort of speaks to like the kind of more modern take on what it means to be a witch and I feel like maybe that's because she was just starting her year in a day of study so it doesn't really reflect like what it actually means to go out there and be a witch a lot of it is like the basic stuff the kind of learning how to do visualizations and things but then a lot of her like personal ruminations also kind of come under that heading of peace and light and and it harm none just all the time forever so I guess if that's already your opinion of what Wiccans are like it's not really going to change your mind but if you have experienced Wicca and have practiced it I mean like I mean I have then you're going to understand sort of where it's coming from and where that place in her life is I guess and where she's at in the process of accepting Wicca and, and becoming part of that movement because I feel like that's how we all started out and how all Wiccans kind of start out before you kind of reach a more balanced point because you kind of go whole hog into it because it's new and exciting and then you kind of dial it back a little bit and you're like actually less whole hog on the peace and light stuff because occasionally you know what you do have to defend yourself uh, and things of that nature and you can't just trust in everyone to be wonderful and lovely all the time. 
so definitely give this book a look i'm not sure you can buy it like new uh, but definitely look up to see if you can get secondhand copies online i probably won't be keeping hold of mine because it doesn't seem like something that i'm going to necessarily read again for pleasure but um, it was definitely very interesting to read and i'm going to keep an eye out for more of her books because I feel like she'd be a really good non-fiction author and it was just the fact that although obviously a memoir isn't fiction it has to kind of read in that novelized way and not just be facts um, so I feel like she might be a better non-fiction writer so I'm going to check some of those out. I hope you've enjoyed this episode do let me know what you thought if you plan to buy the book if you've read other books by this author I'd be very interested to hear from you you can get in touch on twitter which is at witchfix or you can get in touch via email which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com in the meantime I'll see you in the next one bye